Hi, and welcome back to Becca Babbles Podcast. I'm your host, Becca. I'm a certified personal trainer, holistic health coach, and future chiropractor on my way to figuring out this thing we called life. Now, let's get babbling. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Becca Babbles Podcast. I'm your host, Becca, and I have another amazing interview. I know I say this every single time, but as you can tell, this is one of my longest interviews I've ever done and there is reason for that. Me and Haley Gershaw just just hit it off so well. You know when you meet a person and you can just talk for hours and you're just like you're my new best friend. Literally that's that was the feeling in this conversation. I wouldn't even call it an interview at this point. It was more just a fun conversation and we went down so many different rabbit holes that I didn't even realize we were going to go down, but I'm so excited that we did. It went a completely different direction than what I thought it was going to, and honestly, I'm super grateful for it. But Haley Gershaw is the founder and owner of an online nutrition coaching business called Strong as Hail. She's on a journey to help women eat without restriction and be as strong as hail. We love those play on words. She helps women reach their fat loss and muscle gain goals while cultivating unwavering confidence in their bodies. It took her a long time to realize that unless you are truly happy with what's on the inside, you'll never truly love what's on the outside, no matter how small you get. She's on a mission to impact women across the globe and help them create an authentic self-love and take up space in their health and fitness journey. In this episode, we cover things like how stillness can change your life, Haley's realizations in Italy, how Haley changed her engraved patterns from childhood, how Haley changed her relationship with money, what what bringing back music did for her company, how she stopped living for others, and what a health coach really is, and so much more. You can find Haley on her website at Haley, Haley at strongashail.com or on Instagram at strong.as.hail. But with all that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode and I can't wait to babble with you next time. I have been listening to a podcast recently and they came up with this question. I was like, this is a sweet one that I have to ask. And just to start out is how would you define yourself or describe yourself? Oh my gosh. That's an incredible question. I know, right? I was like, I have to use this. Oh my gosh. How would I define or describe myself? Um, wow, I've never thought about myself in that way. I would probably say like goofy goober is the like perfect term that comes up when I think about it. Um, I feel like everyone tends to think I'm this super serious person, but that could not be like further from the truth. Um, I'm just super goofy human who loves health and fitness. Um, Yeah, I guess that's how I describe myself. But yeah. (laughs) Have you always been that way? Yeah. So I grew up with all boys. And I remember growing up, my grandfather was like the ultimate trickster. So he like was always picking on me and like always that like, you know, annoying person. And I 100%, even though it annoyed me to no end, I like grabbed onto that as well. And now it's like my defining characteristic is I'm just like a bother once you get to know me. Like I'm just a 
a goober. Like I really am. <laughs> That's so funny because literally I went out to eat last night with my dad and we had burgers and they had the little like it was a stick that they put in the middle yeah. of the burger so i'm that person that takes it out and just starts poking him with it or like being like this is my sword <laughs> yes i usually take two of them and i like put them in my teeth like i'm a walrus that's hilarious oh my gosh it's like that inner <laughs> child that will never die <laughs> never never yeah. i mean like there are moments where i can be very serious like if there's like a serious topic or something going on then like I can be very serious. I can turn that switch on very quickly. Um, or if I'm like irritable, I turn that switch on very quickly. But the, I would say my defining characteristic is the fact that I'm just really goofy, lighthearted. I like to have fun. I like to make jokes. Mm -hmm. I like to have a good time. Yeah, life's too short to be serious all the time. Oh, literally, literally. I tried so hard. I remember when I first started like CrossFit, I tried to be that serious person so much. Like I wanted to be that like, oh, like kind of person and whatnot. And the only time that I'm like super, super, super serious is when I work out. Like that's the only time that it's literally like, do not talk to me. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, that was just so boring. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? That's not who I am. Yeah, I know. I had a friend tell me one time because I used to have the like big beat overhead headphones. Yeah. yeah. And I would just be super serious and they were and they hadn't met me yet. But as we kept talking, he was like, you realize you look super intimidating and angry <laughs> with those headphones <laughs> and when you work out. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm a really nice person. I promise. Yeah, yeah, I'm the exact same, the exact same way. It's like, especially if I get into like the pain cave and something's hurting, I'm like, please mm. do not talk to me. Please do not. Yeah. And I feel like some of the best workouts are the ones where like I'm angry. So I have to like create that within myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 100%. Driven by rage. Yes, exactly. You know, playing some raging against the machine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Listen to super angry music. But then you walk out and you're like, have a great day <laughs> oh my gosh the like front desk people if i do not take off my because i used to do this i would continue to listen to the music that i was listening to while i was working out which is a bad idea because i turn to the people at the front desk and i just like have this angry like aggressive like tone of voice and i'm like bye and i'm like i can't do so <laughs> i know honestly like my in the gym persona not even in the gym like mid-set or like mid-workout persona versus like everything else like you would think I'm bipolar from how different they are and it just depends on like who I'm with too like if I'm with my best friend in the gym like we're dancing while staring at each other across the gym mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter what I'm doing I will stop any workout to like dance and stare at her so it's it's so different with different people but like with my husband it's like don't talk to me <laughs> That's so funny. I had a friend be like, let's listen to Disney music as we work out. And I was like, this is great. But then at the same time, it's a totally different vibe. Like I can't be lifting super heavy to like, let it go. It just won't happen. Literally all of my videos from years ago when I first started fitness and whatnot that have my best friend in it, like every single one of them, there is a moment in the video where we just stop whatever we're doing and we just start doing the most goofiest things like one is like her twerking the other one is like us like climbing on something there's another one where we like just start having like this flex off across the gym or whatever and like those are so fun because like that is more of like what I'm truly like um 
So it's just so fun to go back and see those moments. That's amazing. Um, the next question that I want to ask you is like, what are you into right now? Like, what are you researching? What are you thinking about? What's on your mind? God, that's a lot. <laughs> what am I into right now? Yeah. Um, so from a fitness perspective, I've kind of transitioned into more bodybuilding style workouts. So I've got a really big change of pace right now from a fitness perspective. I'm very used to like, go, go, go CrossFit, all of that stuff. Um, and so right now I'm trying to really learn how to slow down and like create mind and muscle connection. Um, I am in the middle of a bet with my husband on if I can run a 13 or a half marathon in under two hours and 10 minutes when I don't run. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's something interesting going on. Um, from a research or like knowledge perspective, um, I'm really into the, um, M2 Performance, they just came out with, or Performance Nutrition, they just came out with um, a service called the Inside Scoop, where Mike Malloy goes and he breaks down a lot of the current and upcoming, like, nutrition research, um, and so there's just, like, article after article, video after video, and so I'm, like, really diving into those right now, just because he has such an interesting perspective on nutrition, one that I kind of align with more than a lot of, like, what Instagram culture is kind of pushing right now. Um, so I'm looking into a lot of that stuff, learning like the research behind a lot of that. And it's really cool to see like research in the CrossFit population is starting to come out, which is really interesting. So um, that's really cool to look at other things that are going on. I'm reading Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. Um, that's a good one. What have you learned so far? from that? So I'm still in the few, first few chapters, but really the biggest takeaway so far is that we are in a very go, 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 constantly busy, constantly distracted like world right now. Like nobody can sit in a room and be quiet with themselves. Like they either have music playing or like TV on in the background or some like a podcast going. And like, I've noticed that, like I've noticed that a lot in my own life. Um, and he was talking about how like the path to self-mastery is being able to be still, to be quiet and to like sit with yourself and really become in tune with yourself, um, because your body and your intuition and all that gives you a lot of the answers. We're just too busy to recognize those signals. Um, so that is my biggest takeaway from like a mindset perspective, but then he also mentioned in the very first page, and I was like slap in the face. Um, he said, America is the most overfed but undernourished country. Mm. And I was thinking about that and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, obviously that's true. But to hear it in such like a succinct sentence, like that, that one sentence, it's like seven words. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's so true. Especially like with the way that the, nutrition and fitness industry is going right now like it's supplements it's products it's all these things like we're and then I saw a a reel the other day about it too and it was talking about how like our culture is just so busy and go 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 and like unable to like sit with yourselves so we're like the only country to where 
not the only country, obviously, but like we're our biggest thing in this country with the health and fitness industry is that we create the lack of movement. So that way we can market the lack of movement in like a gym or whatever is to make money off of the lack of movement that we've created. And then from there, they make supplements for the fitness that they're selling you to continue selling you more things. When if we were to just walk around in our daily lives, she was comparing America to Italy. Because like in Italy, there's not an orange theory. There's not a CrossFit. There's not all these different like fitness places on every single corner of every street. There's literally just people who walk around and eat real food and they're fine. They're totally fine. They don't have products in every single like, like CVS or like a grocery store, for example. There's not prebiotics and probiotics and all of these supplements that our culture is creating the sickness of so that way they can market and sell to us to fix it. It was so interesting. Um, but that's what that quote made me think of. And we're the most overfed, but undernourished country. And I was like, wow, we really are like most people, like we're so far away from eating real food and myself included. I noticed that the other day I was thinking about it and I was like, wow, how many foods do I eat that are like products? And then I was like, wow, it's a lot. It's astounding. And even though like I consider myself a healthy eater, I was like, dang, Haley, like there is room for improvement here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a very long-winded answer for your very simple question, but that's all the things. No, I love that. And I could just like see all the connections. Like I I'd never really thought about that before, about the fitness industry, like using lack yeah. of movement to then like sell movement and then also like sell products. Cause I know that's what the supplement supplement industry does for like pre uh, pre-workout and like post-workout and all that stuff. Cause they want to make a ritual out of it, but it just comes yeah. back to like, sometimes things can just be simple and the natural things or the boring things are like mm-hmm. the things that actually work, but no one wants that to be the answer because like it has to be hard. Yeah, 100%, 100%. It was just very interesting how it was like, we have a very sedentary nine to five type culture where everyone just sits down all day and then they go to their car and they drive to and from work. And then when they get home, they sit down. The only time that you work out is like between five and seven in the morning or right after work. And that's the only time that you have for yourself because you're constantly just go, go, go. And even then, like that fitness aspect is go, go, go. It's like, go get it in, get it done, leave. Um, And it was just very interesting. Like I had never heard that perspective before. And I was like, wow, that's so true. And I've been to Italy before. um, And that was the main thing that I noticed when I was there. Like, this is a total tangent, but I got a thing of Skittles from the Italian airport when we got there. And there were five ingredients on the back and it was all the fruit juices and sugar. That was it. If you look at our Skittles, our ingredient list, they're like 25 ingredients long. I literally have a thing of Skittles with me right now. Oh my God. Look at this. That's crazy. And the number one ingredient is sugar, corn syrup, hydrogenated palm, and kernel oil. Like those aren't even like real ingredients. Yeah. And so I was noticing that when we were in Italy, I was like, wow, the food here is immaculate. And you would literally, we would go to a restaurant and you'd see some old woman like turning pasta in the back, like making her (laughs) own pasta and then dropping it in water. And I was there and I was like, wow, everyone here is so thin. Like, are they just naturally thin? Like what is going on? 
And it's just that they walked constantly. Like, even on these cobblestone streets, these, like, immaculate women were walking around in, like, stiletto heels. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, how are you guys, like, are you, are you angels? Like, what is Mm -hmm. happening here? Are you superhuman? I don't get it. But it was just such a different culture. And it's really funny from, like, an American culture perspective, like, we have demonized carbohydrates so much to the point, like the majority of people are terrified of carbohydrates. But while we were in Italy, it was with every meal, multiple ways. Like there was pasta, there were breads, there were all types of things like carbs after carbs after carbs. Like it was carb city and they were still like the thinnest people I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. It was just so interesting. Like the cultures are just so different and it's so crazy. Yeah. And it like, even that whole, go 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 lifestyle it's very like we're very extreme when it comes to that so like extreme as like working constantly like physically sitting down and working and working and working and then you're so exhausted that you're like i can't like get off this couch because i'm mentally drained and then i know for myself it's like i went the opposite direction where it was like oh gotta go to the other extreme with fitness and be like go 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 and like get like twenty five thousand k steps or whatever and then it was like on top of working out on top of doing those like youtube like videos it's like (laughs) where can we find this like in between and I wonder like where this all started. Like how did our culture develop this like constant go, go, go push to where like these other cultures, they somehow figured it out and was like, you know, let's take a break, you know, let's make our own things. Like let's have fun or enjoy our life. I don't know if that's just because of like, we're taught to like constantly create and that's just our culture. But what are your thoughts on that? I often wonder if it comes back to like, not um, like, I'm trying to think of the proper name to call it. It's the industrial revolution, but everyone Mm -hmm. had an industrial revolution um, in like the terms of creating more jobs and all of that stuff. Um, But have you ever read The Jungle? It's like the book about, oh, I forget who it's by. Hold on. I have to look it up. It's, I read this book in AP Lit by Upton Sinclair. It's about the meat industry. Mm. And um, he was like an inside guy. He like was a journalist and he like went and he inserted himself into like these horrible working conditions so that he could undiscover the truths of the meat industry at that time as it was booming and it's like in the 30s or something of 1906 um so it was like before what we imagine is like to like common society I guess um but it was like a fight to survive every day like he I remember him describing all of those um like those living conditions and every single day was like a fight to survive for every single family who was in there. Like they were getting paid pennies on pennies and they had to hustle and hustle and hustle to make things happen. And same thing with like immigrants who came over, they had to hustle and hustle and hustle to like make something of themselves. And I think that that's kind of just been like rooted in us since like, I mean, that's how the colonization of America happened was like constantly fighting to be the top. Right. Um, So I often wonder if it comes back to like 
a historical basis. Like that's just what we've always done. And so it's just always been part of our culture, like, and from generation to generation, like even like baby boomers think of it, they were growing up during the great depression. And so I remember my grandmother telling me time and time again, you have to work hard to make money. You have to work hard to make money. And I think we put such a value on like that, like making money and like being the best. And like, I feel like our society is very like ego driven. And I think that that just kind of feeds into it and makes it worse and makes it worse until like it compounds into this thing. So like now in our society, particularly like the value is having a nine to five job, being wealthy, creating like financial security things of that nature. Like those are the things that we value in this culture. Whereas like when I was in Italy, it was the value was in being with your family and like families took care of families, like older parents lived with younger children. Like it was just a very different way of life. And I think that they just have different values than we typically do here in America. I think that we've created this culture that values the hustle and if you're not hustling then you're behind and if you're behind then you're going to be down here while someone else is up here and it's just like this big conglomerate of nasty stuff that we've created from ourselves since like the beginning of the colonization of America and it's just become like so ingrained I think I think Mm -hmm. if we were to try to like slow down I mean you've heard of like adrenal fatigue like I'm sure like the you get so used to being stressed that when you're not stressed, your mind and your body create stress to stress about because you're so used to being stressed. I think we've done that for a really, really long time. And now it's just kind of become a part of us in a way. And that's really bad. It should not be that way. I just think it's something that's compounded and compounded over time. That is just it's so normalized that when you don't do that, you're almost seen as kind of like the weirdo. And so then you go back to doing what everyone else does. Like that's the same thing with going to college now. Like everyone is being pushed to go to college now to the point where like going to college is not enough anymore. Now you need a master's degree and a PhD to stand out. Even though 10 years ago, if you had a college degree, you were at the top of the food chain. Like you were the first to get jobs and And so it's just this continuous push and this continuous like evolution of this hustle culture that we have. That's like, it's just, yeah. That was again, a long-winded answer, but. (laughs) No, you're totally good. I love every bit of that because it's so true. Like even for myself yesterday, I had planned to like write my physics paper and like, I like to separate it in chunks so it's not like overwhelming. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, then I'm going to like have lunch and then uh, do some movement and then get into some client work that I have. And the thing was, is that I had finished my, the, what I had planned for my physics work. And I was like, I'm so brain dead right now that like, I just, I can't anymore. So I decided to like stop and like go for a walk. But then it was like, I had lunch and then I sat there and I was like, I don't have my scheduled client time right now. And this is something that I've been working on on like, incorporating more rest for myself just like mentally and physically and through that i've just been reading more but i found myself i was like you know what i have this extra space and time where i have nothing planned why don't i just read but as i was reading in the back of my head it's just playing like 
oh no you should be doing client work right now oh no you should be doing this or oh you should be doing the laundry or oh like the laundry list of like everything I possibly could mm -hmm. be doing and getting ahead on when it's like no like I want to read I've been craving like I don't know how many times I've woken up in the morning and been like I really just wish I could read all day long get a cup of tea just read yes. and like sit outside that's all I want but yet I'm like, no, I got all these things I got to do. Like, I can't do that right now. And it's like, if you're craving something, like it's the same thing when you're craving sweets consistently, constantly, it's like, there's either you're not eating enough or it's like, just have the freaking cookie. Like you're going to yes. always be thinking about it. It's like saying, don't think about an elephant. You automatically think about an elephant. It's going to be yes. there until you stop avoiding it. And so- <laughs> For me, it was like, okay, I'm doing this reading thing and I'm going to wait and read the entire time. And I enjoyed it. And it's yeah. funny because I have a goal of reading like 12 books by the end of the year. And it's like, it's not going to happen if I read three pages before I go to bed and fall asleep. Like, it's just not. No. Mm -hmm. Unless you wear, read really, really short books. Yeah. Give me some picture <laughs> books, you know? Those are my jams. <laughs> They're 10 pages because you have 30 days a month. <laughs> you read three pages before you go to bed. You know what's you funny? You have a 30-page book. <laughs> you know what's funny is that in, um, I think it was elementary school or maybe it was middle school, we had this like 25 book challenge thing and I kind of hacked the system where it was like, yeah, I, this must have been elementary school because I don't think they let us do it for middle school but I hacked the system to where like half the books I read were like picture books because I was such a slow reader and I was like I am going to like go to whatever prize they had for us I think it was like a prize to where you could like go out of class and read more but the fact of like yeah. leaving class I was like yes um plus all my friends were like really good readers so I was like I I, I have to leave with them so like yes. we got to figure this out and hack the system just reading Skippy John Jones over and over again. Yes, <laughs> or the um, what is it? That pigeon book? Did you ever read that? That picture book? With I never the read pigeon? the pigeon one, but mm -hmm. my brothers were into that one, and I had to read it to them all the time. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was that, and, and then the cat. feed the cat. I've never heard of that feed one. Feed the cat. He has like <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Wait, is it that blue cat with the red shoes, or is that something else? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I've seen it. Yeah. I've never read it. <laughs> yeah that's him that's hilarious how are you incorporating more rest or I'm assuming you're incorporating more rest since you said you're slowing down with like workouts and maybe mentally yeah um I had gotten really really into like a toxic CrossFit mindset mm -hmm. where it was like no matter what I have to go and I have to do these workouts and I have to be there for hours and my body was just like breaking down like the stress of it in addition to all the stress outside of like the gym, it was really like tearing me apart. Like every week I had something new that was nagging and I was like, okay, like we need to take a step back. Um, and so bodybuilding is giving me that step back, but still challenging me, which is really good. Um, challenging me mentally in a very different way, which I was very shocked to find. I thought like, oh, I do CrossFit. Bodybuilding is going to be easy. It is not. It is hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is so hard. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one way that I'm resting. Um, and in other ways, I've also recently been doing more reading and I'm really enjoying it, especially before bed. I'm using it as kind of like a wind down 
Um, but I also have to be careful with that because I have a very like binging personality. So if a book gets good, I can sometimes get in a lot of trouble and stay up all night until it's done. Like I read 16 books already this year. And okay. eight of them were last week. That's hilarious. Like I went a little too far. I go a little too so I'm I gave myself a really strict boundary this past week and it was very helpful. Um so I'm doing that. And then also I'm trying to be more intuitive in my business from a perspective of not forcing work to be done, um, but also knowing and like achieving what I need to achieve, right? But not like I have this really bad habit sometimes of, again, binging. Like I feel like I need to finish everything all at one time. Um, and so I'm trying to really give myself space and give myself the openness to not do that, to like actually use the five days that I have, you know, not try to get everything done on Monday. Um, and so I've divided days into like focuses. So like I have a focus for check-ins, like I do all my check-ins on one day. I have a focus for like CEO work on the next day and all of that. So that way that gives me a little bit more space to get the things that I need to get done, done but without the chaos of trying to get it all done at one time, which is what I had been trying to do for the longest time. And it was part of what was like contributing to all of my burnout and all of like just my fatigue and like my almost like resentment towards my own business. Cause I was just trying to do everything every day, all the time. Um, so giving myself like focuses so that I can slow down and honestly create more like high quality work, like a higher quality product has gone a long, long way because I was so burnt out by the end of 2022 that I was almost like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so yeah, that's how I'm like resting and giving myself time to chill. And then I also, I have like a hard cutoff of work now. I used to work like whenever someone would message me on Instagram, I'd be like, oh my God, I got a message. Like whatever, I'm going to respond. Even if it was like 8.30 at night, um, so now I have a hard cutoff at 4.30. So that's when I get up and I go to the gym where I am like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to walk or whatever I find myself into that day. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's the, I think the hardest boundaries to uphold are the ones with ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Because like your brain, again, back to this hustle culture, your brain can play so many tricks on you. Like when you start believing and feeding into the things that you think other people expect from you, like as a business owner, like if I'm not making six figures, I'm a failure, like, or from a fitness perspective, if I'm not lifting X, Y, Z, I'm a failure. If I'm not going seven times a week, I'm a failure. And so like, when you have that like nagging thought come up into your brain and you're like, am I not doing enough? Like resting isn't productive. When in fact, rest is one of the most productive things that you can do for yourself, but we've demonized it so much in this like society and in this day and age. So it's very interesting. Yeah. What books are you reading to like wind down? Mm, I'm really into like fantasy right now, yeah. which is very interesting because I, I fought 
myself for so long with reading fiction. I did. I told myself that if I was going to read, it had to be productive reading. Again, (laughs) I can't be resting. So even if I'm doing something like I like to do, it has to be productive. So I have to be reading like a self-help book or like a business book or something Mm -hmm. that's going to make me smarter. And I'm like, Haley, you can read a fiction book. It's okay. (laughs) And so I've been really into like fantasies right now. Um, I've been like revisiting a bunch of like childhood books or like, like not childhood, but like high school books that I read in high school that I really loved. Um, I love classics. So like Wuthering Heights is one of my favorite books of all time. So I'm rereading that one. Um, and then The Awakening by Kate Chopin or Chopin. I don't know how to say her name. I'm reading that one again. So I'm like actually letting myself read like fiction and fantasy I've got like 17 books going on right now because like I get bored sometimes and I'm like I need to hop um not really it's really like three but like one fantasy and then like my two classics going on right now so yeah that's awesome yeah the funny thing is and the reason why I was laughing so hard is I literally did the same thing it was like I yeah. I listen to a ton of podcasts and then on top of it I'm like oh then I gotta read an educational book on top of okay I'm also doing school <laughs> I like when I was studying for my personal trainer certification I was like my brain was about to explode with all this information <laughs> I'm like I'm not even retaining it it's just words yes 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 I noticed that too like when I try to force myself to read things that I'm not like genuinely interested in it's like my eyes are moving but nothing's happening behind the eyeballs Mm -hmm. like it's just I see it but I'm not like it's not processing it's a do not compute kind of situation yeah and I feel like people think that and I even thought this myself is like you can't learn from a fiction book which I strongly believe that you can I have found through reading fiction and I'm allowing myself to create again like I was a musician my entire life and when I got into health and fitness I just stopped I was like you know what like this doesn't fit me anymore I don't want to be like I can't be a musician I can't play instruments I can't like listen to music for the entertainment of like understanding the lyrics and understanding the melodies and harmonies and all of that stuff But since I've started incorporating that more into my life again, like literally since the end of 2022, it has never been easier to create content for Instagram. Like I think of this all the time, but Taylor Swift did not become Taylor Swift of songwriting because she never wrote songs. She became the Taylor Swift of songwriting because she writes song after song after song after song. Some of them never making it to air because they're not good to her standard. But like, if you think about it from that way, like to become creative, you have to be creative. It's a skill just like anything else, just like being a personal trainer, just like being an engineer, just like being a mathematician, the more you do it and the more reps you get, the better at it you become. And so I found that through allowing myself and my creative brain to like have space, because that's the other thing is this is just such a masculine culture. It's do, do, do. It's never be. Um, and that's not like a male or female thing. That's like a masculine feminine energy kind of thing. So it's not a gender thing. It's we're so do, do, do that. We never let ourselves like sit and be creative and be still. And ever since I've started doing that and incorporating that more into my life, my ability to create content and like authentically connect with other people has just 
flourished. Whereas before I was so stifled. It was so forced. Like my content from six months ago versus now completely different. Like I'm actually having fun. I'm enjoying it. Like I like creating again. Whereas before it was literally the last thing I ever wanted to do because it just felt so gross and yucky and stale. But since allowing fiction and creation and creativeness to come back into my life, it's like done a complete 180. Yeah, that's amazing. I love the quote that you just said, to be creative, you have to be creative or like get creative. Yeah. That's, I was like, ooh, that hit hard. And even for myself, even looking back, it was like, I was in band, I used to play piano, I was in percussion and I keep telling myself, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna get into piano. I even did a stint of like um, doing some piano lessons again, but then I stopped because I was like, gotta focus on school, gotta focus on like yeah. my own business and stuff like that and like fitness and stuff like that. And you, you get stuck in that trap, but it's almost like once you allow yourself to get quiet in the things that bring you joy it's even bringing back that like inner child that goofiness it's like yeah when it brings out who you are it's like it brings out your personality which then floods into your content exactly like everything before was like just so stiff and so like anyone could create it like there was no me in it it was just <laughs> a piece of content because i was like i have to put something out today Whereas now, like I literally, before we were like jumped on this call, when you messaged me, I literally had just created a list of 25 pieces of content that I wanted to create. And it's like, some of them will get created. Some of them won't like, I'll make so many drafts of content. Like it'll be just like Taylor Swift and her songs, right? Mm -hmm. Like so many of them will go unseen to the public eye, but so, like to create, be creative, you have to create. Um, it's a skill just like everything else, but we, we lack, we don't value it, which is really funny mm -hmm. because the music industry, the art industry is one of the most like lucrative industries in the world. Like Harry Styles puts out a song and he makes bajillions, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like bajillions. But yet we still in our day-to-day -day lives are like, oh, I don't have time for that. I'm not going to prioritize that. That has no value to me. That brings no value to my life. When in fact, it's so the opposite. Like sitting there, allowing yourself to create something from nothing. It's so powerful. It's so impactful. And just like what it opens up inside of yourself. It's just, it's game changing. It really is. I wish more people found value in creation in whatever way they feel they like to create whether that's poetry whether that's art whether that's music whether that's carpentry building things mm -hmm. i don't know but we have created this idea that if it doesn't bring you money it's not worth your time when it's it's not for money it's for you it's for your growth i don't know but we just don't value that the way that I feel like it is in other cultures. So it's interesting. Yeah, I know. I was just about to say before you had even mentioned that I was like, I started thinking, well, I think it's because it doesn't bring people money. And back to like the beginning of our conversation, it was like, we value money so much, like literally it's a piece of paper and we value it so much more than probably even family. Like it's like, that's going to be a hard truth for some people to swallow, mm -hmm. but I think majority of people if like they got to choose, this was something I was thinking about recently. It's like, 
the main reason why people go to bed unhappy is because their actions don't align with their values. Oh, absolutely. They say they value family, but yet their actions all show, I'm looking for money. I'm looking for more income. I need to make more income. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not like, I need to fix myself. And it's like, if you you started aligning your values with like, I want to have more friends or I want to spend time with family, then like actually carve out time and schedule time for that. Yeah, the, one of the most like slap in the face quotes I've ever heard, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's your actions reflect your true values. Like if you say you value family, but you never spend time with your family, that's not true. And even like people are so good at convincing themselves that what they're doing is for their family. Like, oh, I'm making money for my family. As long as your family has a roof over their head, and food on their table, then you've done it. You, mm-hmm. You've got all you need. You really do. Um, yeah, you don't need the latest so like iPhone. <laughs> yeah, we've convinced ourselves. And it's all it all comes down to your ego. Like, you just, you lose sight and you lose integrity, in my personal opinion. Because like, to be integral your actions align with your values like that's it like period put blank in the show (laughs) um but uh, yeah we can we like are so good at convincing ourselves that we're doing something for a different reason when in fact it's not it's literally just ego playing into it like i value my health and my fitness great awesome well, your actions and the fact that you don't get out of bed in the morning and go to the gym tell me otherwise. Your actions tell me that you value sleep, which is fine. Just say that. Don't tell me that you value your health and fitness when you really you value your sleep more. And then they're like, well, you need sleep to be healthy and fit. I'm like, yes. But if you had gone to bed an hour earlier and not stayed up playing your PlayStation, you could have gotten both. Mm-hmm. But where are your values? They're with playing the PlayStation. Like, that's what that shows me. It's not with your health and fitness. You can say that all you want, but if your actions don't align with that, that's not where your value is. That's not where your integrity is. And so now you're not an integral person because you're not placing your actions in line with your values or your values in quotation marks. Exactly. Yeah, it was, I, man, the more I've been honest with myself, like it hurts to be honest with myself, but the more that I am, the more I can like, yeah, the more I can change, (laughs) like the more I actually grow for the longest time. I told myself, I was like, I honor health and fitness. I honor health. Yeah. I didn't have a period for like five years. It's like, okay, no, there's something you need to fix there. You're scared to, Mm -hmm. and it's okay to be scared and it's okay to like stumble along the way. But as long as you keep lying to yourself, nothing's going to change. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a facade to protect ourselves, which I don't know if you've read The Mountain Is You by um, Brianna West. It's incredible. It's a book about self-sabotage. And it really goes into the fact that going back to like that inner child, like our shadow self, our younger self, however you want to think of it, we create coping mechanisms to protect us from the things that we need to be protected from as a young adult or as in a developing child, whatever, for example, like mom and dad fight about money 
So you now view money as something bad because it makes mom and dad fight, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so that's something that becomes ingrained in your brain. So as you grow up, you either one, you have shitty jobs that don't pay you any money because in your back of your brain, in your subconscious mind, you now think though, if I have money, I'm going to fight with my spouse all the time because that's what you learned. That was the coping mechanism you learned was to not have money because that meant no fighting. And so like, you'll get into extreme amounts of debt. You'll get into bad situations with money. You'll constantly push money away. No matter how much you bring in, you'll always end up with zero because that self-sabotage mechanism, that protective mechanism that you created keeps you safe from what your younger self perceived as danger. And so I think a lot of times is when we don't, we're not honest with ourselves, we can't truly protect ourselves from the truth. We can't understand the real reason that we're doing these things. Um, For me, personally, I watched my mom diet my entire life. And so I, my little kid brain, took that as you're not beautiful if you don't diet. And so growing up brain, my brain was like, okay, it doesn't matter what's going on in your physical life. You need to still be dieting no matter what. You can be going to the gym, all that stuff. Cool. You have to keep dieting and food is bad. And so adult brain, now I would sabotage like going out to eat, to like eat. I would sabotage family dinners. I would stay inside instead of go out with friends. I'd like keep myself from experiencing life. Um, And it's because my little subconscious brain was trying to protect me because it taught me all the time that to be loved, to be beautiful, you have to diet. But if I had never been honest with myself, I would never have found that out. If I had never like gone down the path of like self-discovery, I would have never found that out. So it's just very interesting how like the actions that we take they're what keeps us safe. And when it comes to trying something new or to changing yourself, that's scary because it's against everything that you've ever known. And so you continue to do those actions, even if they don't align with your values, even if they compromise your integrity, but because they keep you safe, you keep doing them. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah, definitely. How are you like working through that? Like what gets you past those, like telling yourself, your younger self, like, hey, I'm safe. I can go and do these other things or I can like decide to live my life and like not diet all the time. And that doesn't mean I'm not beautiful. Yeah, it's been a long process. It's probably (laughs) been, I started it in right after the pandemic. So like late 2020, I hired a mindset coach. Um, And it was very scary and very new for me because I thought spirituality, like that aspect of spirituality, I thought that was like anti-Christianity and I had been raised to be like very Baptist. And so that was like a really scary thing for me to do, but I was finally just so fed up with being miserable and like hating myself no matter what. Like I got down to 11% body fat, had a rippling six pack. You could see every muscle in my body. And I still thought I was hideous. Like, mm. like I hated myself. I like, would cry if I saw myself in the mirror. Um, and so we just started with, um, we did some daily journaling and all I wrote down were positive affirmations about like, not my physical appearance. There were some that were about my physical appearance. Um, but also 
like myself as a person like who am I as a person like what do I value about myself as a person and so I still have my journal from then 365 days of writing down affirmations like just telling myself that I am not defined like my worth is not defined by what I look like um and so after doing lots of affirmations we also dived into uh like breaking down belief systems and like why do I believe the things that I believe are those true are they or are they things that like my subconscious has pieced together to keep me safe and if that's the case continually affirming the fact that those things are not true they were there to protect me thank you for serving me belief like thank you for keeping me safe but this is the real truth and so I'm going to base my actions on this truth. And that's something that I still do to this day. Um, like if I'm ever having like a moment where I like, I don't really have any, which sounds really dumb to say, I guess. I have not had like a, like a self-conscious moment in a really long time. Um, Cause I really think that I've created a really positive relationship with my body and what it looks like. Um, so even like I'm sure you know on my Instagram, I'm the heaviest I've ever been. And I like have not once looked in the mirror and been like, ew, like whereas before, like I was as lean as I could be and I was like, ew, every day. Um, so from that aspect, I think I've really done a lot of healing there. But from like a business perspective, like money is a hard thing for me because I never had any growing up. Like my mom was a single mom. She worked her ass off all the time and still barely had enough money to pay the bills. Um, and so that's a constant area that I'm having to work on now is I'm having to heal my relationship with money and what I view money as because growing up, again, I had nothing, but my cousins and my aunts and uncles, like they had a really like snotty, like attitude to people who had money. Mm -hmm. And so now I see having money as something that makes me like holier than thou. Like that's how we kind of like described people who had money. And so I'm having to like constantly break down that idea. Having money is not bad. Money is not evil. Money is not the reason that people do bad things. People being bad people is why they do bad things. Money is just their excuse for why they do it. Just like we talked about with being family oriented, but you constantly are working and never hanging out with your family or whatever. Um, so I'm constantly having to have those conversations and be aware of those things that are coming up in my brain. And then I have to challenge them. I have to examine them, be like, why do you think this? Is that true? No, it's really not true. I know a lot of amazing people who have done a lot of amazing things with money. Um, and so then I can base my actions based off of that truth rather than the things that are trying to keep me safe. Yeah. That's all amazing. Like I love every bit of that. And that's amazing <laughs> that you like are able to work through. And it, it just goes back to the fact of like, it's not about the food. It's not about your body. It's not about the money. It's about your relationship with yourself. That's Absolutely. literally what it usually always comes down to. And your internal you environment. Yeah, your internal environment 
determines your external environment every time. Mm -hmm. Every time. Yeah. Well, this, like, all these, like, intro parts was, like, I was, like, this is just going to be an intro question. But, you know, like, it's going to take up most of the podcast, which I think is amazing. So I love all these That's okay. Calls. Yeah. Let's have fun. <laughs> yeah. I do have to, like, circle back to, like, this is going to be a random question. But what did you play, like, instrument-wise? I played flute <laughs> and piccolo. I wanted to play the tuba. But my grandmother would not let me because it was too big and she didn't want I would I rode the school with my grandmother every day because she was a teacher at the school I was going mm -hmm. to in fifth grade when you signed up for band. Um, and I wanted to play tuba so bad. And she was like, no, Haley, you cannot play tuba. And I was like, Grandma, come on. And she was like, no, it's too big. I'm not carrying that thing to and from school every day. I was like, I will do it. I will do it. Let me play the tuba. And she was like, no, you're playing something small. And I'm like, oh. that's hilarious. Yeah. When I, um, when I tried out for band, it was like, you had to try out for percussion and then you like got in or not. Mm -hmm. So I had to pick a wind instrument in case I didn't make it. And I picked tuba. <laughs> like when we were trying out instruments and they were like sizing my <laughs> mouth to the mouthpiece, they were, I was like, yes, I looked at my parents and I was like, I want to play the tuba. And they're like, are you serious? And I was like, Yes, I want to play the two, but my dad literally goes, you know, that's going to sound like you're farting all over the place. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, why would you only when you're bad? Exactly. Well, well I was going to get eventually. I know we all start bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I did. I played flute and piccolo. And then I learned guitar in middle school and banjo. Uh, a little piano not very much piano like I know the notes and I can do some chords but don't ask me to actually play anything um if I can learn it by sound I'm good but I can't like read piano music I can't do the double hand thing it I really? just I can't yeah but if I like learn it by sound like I've learned a few songs just by like listening to them and so that's fine um and then in high school I was in marching band and I was the head drum major my senior year wow i was in music like i was in it i can see yeah. that yeah well i guess more like <laughs> hear it <laughs> um, yes my, yes my sister was in color guard and so like i got to go to all the different oh, band competitions yeah so i know i know the like pain of running back and forth on the field for the drum majors yes yes it was a lot for sure but i would not trade that for anything that is still probably my favorite thing I've ever done in my entire life. Like the thing that has impacted my life the most for sure. How are you incorporating that back into your life? Cause I know you had mentioned you're doing more music now. Yeah. So I actually, I got my flute out of storage. It's sitting right there. Um, I've got my senior recital piece and I've kind of been looking at that again and like playing around. Um, I've been playing some more guitar I've also just been like listening to more like classical music um, just because it's it's so different than lyric music like it's so different um, but it brings me like a very like surreal amount of peace like listening to it it just like connects to every like cell in my body like it just takes me back to that place of just like pure joy of just playing music and doing it because I like legitimately loved it like I took two band classes my senior year of high school just so that I could play for two hours straight um it was just my favorite thing in the entire world even in college I did some 
Um, but if you weren't a music major in college, it was really hard to get into like the upper level symphony classes. Um, and so I was kind of in like the, the lower tier symphony classes where weren't as fun. They weren't like, as like, let's just play music. It was more like people who just wanted to take a music class and goof around. And I like was really serious about it. That's one thing that I'm like really, really serious about going back to the beginning. I was super, super serious when it comes to music. Like I just, I love it. It takes me to like an entirely different place in my brain. That's awesome. I know for me, like I can tell how I am, like my state of mind based off the music I'm playing. So like, for example, when I was younger, <laughs> yes. when I was younger, it's constant. like, I wasn't super into music when I was younger, but then like, once I started, like a friend showed me, she's like, Hey, there's this thing called Spotify where you can listen to music. <laughs> I was like, what is this? And of course I stayed on the freed version for the longest time. <laughs> yes. With the ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine was Pandora. I had Pandora. <laughs> my my sister still uses Pandora and I'm just like, why this like why are there so many stations? Oh why gosh. is it so weird? Um, but yeah, so I think once I got Spotify, I started enjoying music more, but I would always pick the like punk rock or rock or I yes. was I never really got into rap, but it was very just much like rage or fast pace. And it had to be yeah, it had to be fast paced. And I I still carried that with me through my journey of like my eating disorder. But like now I can like listen to calming music and I'm almost like sometimes I'll turn on the radio and hear like the fast pace, like angsty or I don't even know what it is now. And I'm just like, ew, no. And I want yes. the like slow pace, like almost my dad makes fun of me. He's like, this is like folk music. Like this is a dude playing a banjo <laughs> on the side of the road. And I'm just like, you know what? It feels good. And to it's me. so peaceful. Yeah. I literally love all music, which is really, I feel like a lot of people say that, like they listen to everything, but music is really for me, like about the feeling that it invokes, like the emotion that comes with it. And so as long as a piece of music, like the intended emotion matches the actual music itself and it like elicits that emotion, I genuinely like it. Like I understand that rock is more of that angry, like angsty, like sad girl vibe. But when the music matches with the emotion, it's trying to elicit so well, it just like reverberates in my entire body. Like it, I feel it in every ounce of where I like who I am. And so I can listen to rock and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm angsty. Let's go. Um, or it can be like classical or even something just like slow and like jazzy. And I'm just like, yes, this is meant to feel like sultry and seductive and like as long as the emotion behind it like resonates with the emotion, like not even that I'm feeling, but like an emotion I understand, like that I have felt before or that I like currently am feeling or will feel or whatever, then I can listen to it. Like, and I legitimately love it. Like I love that not, not all music, maybe that's not the way to say it. I love very specific songs from each genre. Like there are certain like songs and genres that I'm just like, no, like that is not it. That is not hitting the mark. Um, but I can, oh man, I love rock. I love certain country songs. I like, especially older country songs that just like make you feel like you're like a wayfaring stranger. Like that, like just 
it's it's something about the emotion behind it and like mm-hmm. I'm like the intention behind the music like you can feel that there's intention behind that song not just something that someone wrote and they're like all right let's go um like old town road that's mm-hmm. a great example like that is just a song someone wrote mm-hmm. it's not good it's and it's not that it's like a bad song it just has no emotion behind it it's take my horse down old town road and I'm like what is, what are you trying to convey here <laughs> yeah I was about to say I was like I've been known to so like I live in Texas and I take care of horses um but it's mostly like I don't ride them or anything and I have my own chickens and people go man you must be such like a farm girl you must love country music and I'm like no I'm the farthest thing from country oh I've even <laughs> I've had okay so I had a friend who lived in Chicago or not Chicago sorry Illinois it was like around Chicago but um and she had a friend and she was facetiming us when she had moved here and she goes Rebecca do you like ride horses to school I was like where did this where did this come from um like, but no, I, like, I drive a car like everyone else yes I do <laughs> um <laughs> but it's like I I kind of like despise country and I think a little bit's just because like I was my sister's obsessed with it and so I was like drowned in country Taylor Swift or any like um what's the dude's (laughs) name Tim McGraw is that his name oh he's got some bangers though I was just filled with that and so like I'm the total opposite where I'm like no punk rock in your face (laughs) like I love everything I can find something I enjoy from every genre every genre except the one caveat from the country perspective is Shania Twain. I cannot do Shania Twain. Not even a little bit. There's like literally one song. It's the Whose Bed Have Your Boots Been Under song. That's the only one I can do. That's the only one I can tolerate. And it's just because there's a line dance to it that I really like. That's hilarious. You're like, if I know the dance moves, I can do it. Yes, I can. I can. I, that's a fine line too, though. There are some really like cruddy songs that have dances to them. And I'm just like my eye will explode out of my head if I have to listen to this one more time. The Cupid Shuffle? That one's a fun one. That yeah, oh, okay. I was about to say, that I a know fun one. the Cupid Shuffle and then there was another one. I can't remember what it was. Oh, man, I did it. The cha-cha every... slide? That, there the electric is, slide? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, every single... Did you have like a uh, skate town where you lived? Mm-mm. Okay, so skate town's basically where you just like... It's a, it's a skating rink. And you get to skate around. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they would yeah, play yeah. that cha-cha slide all the time. Yes. And yeah, by Usher. Oh, yeah. Every, every time. <laughs> we need, like, good... I, I feel like because, again, back to, like, the whole, like, just producing things, there isn't a lot of, like, taking care of the music that you're creating. It's like, I haven't... I know there's a ton of, like, TikTok dances and stuff I never got on TikTok, but, like... um. I feel like we haven't had one of those like fun songs that there's a dance to in a while or even just like yeah. honestly good songs that are coming out because like artists aren't able to like take the time to like create something super valuable. Yeah, which is like another thing too, like that kind of also plays into the fact like if I'm going to listen to their music or not, like Harry Styles came out with Fine Line three years ago and he's still touring Fine Line. Like, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. The fact that he has not rushed the creation of another album. Same with Rihanna. Rihanna hasn't released music in so long, and she just did an incredible, like, Super Bowl performance. And so when artists are, like, really true to themselves, and they're really, like, 
know I'm making what I want to make on my timeline and on my terms I just like have so much more respect for them as like a human being because then it goes back into that conversation we had like their values and their actions like if they have integrity in their music same thing with like Taylor Swift it was like years and years before this Midnight's album just came out like and there was nothing before that for the longest time it was literally her just remaking her old music Mm -hmm. which was genius but yeah I'm like when you take care of your craft the likelihood that I'm going to respect it is like much higher even from like a coaching perspective like you know you're in this space like there are so many coaches who just like go along with the bs information that's currently on instagram just because they know it will make them clients like I would rather have less clients than spew bullshit out of my ass like it's not going to happen for me like that's not the type of like person that I am and same with like doing trends and stuff like yeah there are some trends that are really fun and there are some things that I'll do that are really fun but it's going to be because I want to do it not just because it's a trend for follows and views Mm -hmm. you know um and that came back to like the creative process as well like last year in those six months of like really painful content creation that's what I was doing I was like oh well there's a trend like just do the trend whatever and so there was none like no me in it no personality in it because I was just like oh I gotta get this done gotta make it happen and it showed with like the content like it was very low engagement like very um I didn't get clients from it and if I did then we did not get along very well and it was like one of those things like on a sales call where I had to like politely be like yo my guy like we're just not a good fit like this is not going to work out well like we're not going to mesh well I promise you um but yeah it's just like there's all this like pressure to do more and more and more when the beauty is in doing less and you typically get better results out of it same with fitness like the girls who don't take a rest day ever have not taken rest days in 17 years. And they're wondering why they're not getting any better. And I'm like, well, the math ain't math and sis. Um, so it's just very interesting how there's like this pressure to like create and create and create. And even Instagram is pushing that now. Like you have to be like on top of trends all the time. If you want to have like bajillions of followers or like, if you want to get a bajillion of followers, like really fast. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want a lot of followers who are actually going to connect with you and who are going to be like worth connecting back with, who have like similar values, similar goals, similar like things that they're like similar things that they're trying to do or like have similarities to you. And like if we were to meet in person, would we be friends kind of thing? Like if you want to attract those types of people you have to be yourself. You can't just follow trends. You can't just like post dry, boring content all the time. Right. Um, so like that literally applies to all facets of life. Literally. Yeah. I, I can like relate to that so much because 
I so I came into the space and I was like, I'm going to start a podcast and I want to start a podcast. And I had a few people start listening to my podcast. And then I had a mentor tell me she was like, you really need to start posting this more on social media. And I was like, I really got in a good place with like barely even touching Instagram. Like I had like a good I was like proud of myself. I was like, you know, when like Snapchat, you had the streaks. I was like, I had a streak of like two weeks of like not being on Instagram and it was amazing. Um, yeah. And then it was like, no, okay, I need to get like, if I really want to help people and heal people, then it's like, okay, gotta like promote this a little bit more. And then there was also, of course, that like imposter syndrome fear of like, no one's gonna wanna listen to me. Like, I don't wanna be like one of those fluffy yeah. influencers or whatever, but it's like, it's back to like the intention and why you're doing it. Um, and then I've been struggling with like, okay, I want to make these reels. I want to make these posts, but like, is it authentic to me? And I, even with friendships, I was having a conversation with a friend recently where we were talking about how so many people want so many friends, but it's like, do you want so many friends or do you want friends that actually are quality? I think we're out there looking for more and more people to fill our own cup when it's like, no, you just want someone who will listen to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think too, it just is part of that, like more and more, more culture, mm -hmm. right? Like there's no, nothing's ever good enough ever. Like mm -hmm. it's always like, if you're not growing, you're dying, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, which could not be further from the truth. Like in my personal opinion, I keep my inner circle very small. I don't know if you have seen my Instagram. I follow 40 people, 40. And they're all people who are currently my clients or they are people who I really look up to um, for their authenticity, truthfully and honestly. And I've stopped scrolling through reels for hours a day. Like I used to scroll and scroll and scroll just to find ideas of what to post. Um, and it was just like, this constant loop like you're just so overly consuming that by it's like one of those things like that saying that if you stand for everything or if you fall for everything you stand for nothing or if you are for everyone you're for no one or something mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. I don't know what it, it's this like constant drive to people please and people aren't really aware of the fact that they're doing it I don't think like they're trying to attract to everyone. And so they're attracting no one. And so then they have meaningless, awful relationships. And they think that putting more people in the place is going to heal it. When in reality, it's something that they need to work on within themselves. Because you get what you attract, like you attract what you put out, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so if you yourself or a really low quality friend or a really low quality like listener or a low quality person, you're going to continue to attract those people in your life. And then it's not going to be enough. And so you're going to tr keep trying to fill the roster of the friendship. And it's just this vicious, horrible cycle. And I know because I went through it, like mm -hmm. I did that in high school, not high school, my first year of college, maybe one of those years, but it was like, I need to please everyone. I need to be friends with everyone. And it was kind of that thing. And it's like, if you're friends with everyone, you're friends with no one. That's so good. <laughs>
it's it's just really crazy yeah how the human brain works maybe one day we'll understand it (laughs) honestly i don't think so (laughs) i think it would be very dangerous if we did really why is that i mean even like with ai now it's getting really really advanced um i don't think that we're gonna have like a robot takeover but i think if we truly understood the human brain and like could replicate it that's when we would be in trouble oh my gosh all i'm just imaging is like have you seen those pictures of like the the brains with like the glasses on and they have like the stick figure hands and feet i'm just seeing a bunch of those like running around (laughs) yeah that's awesome (laughs) yeah i guess that that. wouldn't be like something as scary no you'll see like the next um what is it like the next king kong movie or something it's the human brain (laughs) (laughs) and he's just hanging off the empire state building (laughs) (laughs) now someone's gonna make a movie of that Oh, yeah. We gave him the idea. Unless, like, you're going to start making movies now on top of, like, your music creation. <laughs> you honestly never know with me. I started writing a book, and that that's a whole thing in itself. Do you mind sharing what the book is about? <laughs> it's a fantasy, like fiction. Oh, I because I've done the same thing. I, it's funny how many things that you've said where I'm like, relate, 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 relate. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it came back to like wanting to just create more. Like I had, I grew up with my grandmother. She took care of me a lot. And it's just because my mom was working so much and my grandmother is a teacher. So she had summers off. And so we would stay with her a lot. And she was a special needs teacher. I had awful handwriting. Like I could not write to save my life. And so my grandmother to force me to practice my handwriting would have me write books And so I have just like a stack of books in my grandmother's home. Like one's about a ladybug, one's about a grasshopper and they have like entire stories and they're entirely illustrated. And they've got my chicken scratch handwriting that you can barely read. But over time you like look at those books and they got better and better and better and better. And like some of them had like actual plots that were like, okay, like, okay. Um, And so it, again, I like lost that creativity in me. And so when I was like trying to get back into it, I was doing music, which is great. That's awesome. But I really wanted something that was going to help me like use my language as well. And songwriting is fun. I like to pretend I'm Taylor Swift sometimes, but it's like, it's not really for me. I'm much more of like a story brain kind of person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to write. I had this story that's just like been playing in my head just like over and over and over again. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write this story out and I'm going to see what happens. And we're like 170 pages in, like 24 chapters in. I haven't written in the past week. I usually write on the weekends. But as I'm writing it and I'm writing it, I just like again, it's like you have to create to create. Like the more I write, the more it just becomes like effortless and fluid. And so I'm really excited to like finish it and then go back and like read it from start to finish and like fine tune it and make it better and like continue to adapt it and see if like something comes of it. It's like, I don't have any expectations on it. I'm just like, I'm doing this for me because it's something that I want to do and I've wanted to do it for a long time. But 
going back to imposter syndrome, I'm like, who's going to read my words? Who's going to listen to my song? Who's going to listen to me play the flute? Who's going to ever hear me sing? Blah, blah, blah. Like nobody wants that. I just kept telling myself over and over and over again. And then I just had this realization at the end of 2022. I was like, Haley, it's not for that. It's not for anyone else. It's for you. And it's just because you thoroughly enjoy it and like doing it. So why not do it and just see what happens? Like the worst that can happen is nothing happens. That you just have a book that you wrote and it sits on your shelf. And 50 years from now, you come back and read it and you're like, girl, you were crazy. Like that's the worst that can happen. <laughs> If that book does get published, I'll be the first one that says, like, I'm reading it. It'll be on my Goodreads list. I'll be reading it. It's on it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, when I have, like, a more concrete idea of what's actually happening in the book, I'll let you know what it's about. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, cool. Right now, it's kind of just flow of conscious of this story that I've just had playing in my brain. I dream in stories. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Like, not even stories, like a TV show. Like I dream in TV shows, like everything is like a TV show in my brain. Um, and it's always like ultra dramatic, ultra just wild and crazy. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just put it to paper and see what happens. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I've had some wild dreams about like some of the weirdest stuff and I don't understand it. I know some people are like, track your dreams and find the meaning. And I'm like, I don't know if I can, because then I'll have like a giant <laughs> chapter book of like what happened. <laughs> I, was like, like, I, can't, oh. I can't diagnose every single thing that she does right now. Oh my gosh. Do you dream a lot? I've, it, I feel like I go in phases. So like for a month, I'll like dream like really hardcore. And then it's like, it stops. And then like recently it started picking back up again. And I used to, I remember when I was younger, yeah. we would, I, we would be eating at the dinner table and I would look to my parents and I'd be like, so did you guys dream last night? And they're like, no. And I was like, okay, I gotta tell you, I had this really weird dream and I just go on and on and on. And they're just like, oh my gosh, would you just be quiet? We're trying to eat our food. The amount of times I've been told to be quiet is like it's crazy (laughs) (laughs) i love that i kind of the same way i've never had like a month of dreaming before but it's like i don't know maybe like every now and again there will just be like this really crazy vivid dream and then there will be like nothing for like months and i'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) our brain is dead it needs to relax for now (laughs) until it can create another story well I actually got an aura ring mm-hmm. and doesn't dreams happen in REM sleep? Mm-hmm. When do dreams happen? Um, and when I first got my aura ring, I was only having like 20 minutes of REM, which is really bad, like really bad. You're supposed to have like an hour and 30 minutes. And so I've been like doing things to like work on my REM sleep, like less caffeine, like no caffeine eight hours before bed, that kind of thing. Um, and now that I'm having more REM sleep, I'm noticing I'm having more dreams and I'm like, wow, that's really crazy that like the lack of dreams was like actually my body, like being like, yo girl, what you doing? <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Cause like you're supposed to dream and most people dream and don't remember them apparently. Mm-hmm. But like, I think I went for like two years without dreaming. Like I didn't have a single dream. Mm -hmm. which is not 
good. Not bad, but just not good. Um, so I noticed like once I started like doing things to like increase my REM, I started dreaming again. And I was like, oh. That's when did is that recent or like that you've just been increasing your REM more or that you know that you're dreaming more? Um recently I know that I'm dreaming more. And it's I mean, I got this in December. Mm. So I had to I mean I hadn't had a dream for all of 2022. I didn't have a single one. Like there's not one that I woke up remembering. Um but now, I mean, like, it's been, a f- it's been like two, three months now since I got this. And about a month ago, I just started noticing that I was dreaming more. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's crazy. I, yeah. Oh, keep going. No, I was just saying, going to say that I like started working on REM and like, I noticed now that like, it took two months for my REM sleep to get up to like even an hour. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, what I was going to say was, I think it's crazy. Um, the things like, I know when I started like restricting food and like just exercising more, how much you realize that you lose when you're like in that state. So like, for example, I'm pretty sure I started thinking back, like, did I dream when I was deep in my eating disorder? Probably not. Um, the, like the way my hair felt though, I've dealt with dry skin like all my life, but it was so bad when I was in my eating disorder. And, like, the fact of, like, realizing that I can, like, actually focus on work and not be thinking about food, you you almost forget that your life can be a totally different way. But once you start implementing, like, getting better sleep or fueling your body or, like, exercising the right amount for your body, how much you get back. But it's hard because yeah. people don't – I think this goes, again, back to, like, the whole go, go, go thing is, like, people don't see – like they don't see resting as an accomplishment. They don't see the mindset shifts that you're making in your head. So you're not getting that external validation. The only validation that you're getting is from yourself. And it's like, yeah. do you value your own self-validation? And I know for me I that's something. Yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. I, I know for me that's something that I've had to work through where it's like, do I value my own opinion or do I constantly look around to everyone else and ask, hey, do you think this shirt looks good on me? Hey, do you think my hair looks okay? Hey, should I go and do this? It's like, what do I want? Yeah, absolutely. We're literally doing a challenge in the Bad Bitch Collective literally right now. And it's about creating authentic confidence. Like that's, it's called completely confident. It's what we're doing. Um, and literally the challenge for two days ago so there's a daily challenge and a daily journal prompt for every single day for the next 30 days um wednesdays was literally to wear something you want to wear and not ask questions don't ask anyone don't ask what people think of it don't ask people for their feedback put on what you want to wear in the morning and walk out the door that's it that's all you got to do and the feedback that i got on that women were struggling with that like Mm -hmm. They were really struggling. They're like, I haven't thought about what I wanted to wear in so long because I've only cared about like hiding my body or hiding the fact that I'm self-conscious or whatever it was. And I'm like, that's not okay. That's really just not okay. Like, and it does come back to that. And I was thinking, as you were saying that, I think another reason that we're so go, go, go. And this goes back to the stillness is the key is that we can't sit with ourselves. We can't we can't 
handle looking within. Like we either view it as woo-woo, we view it as lazy, or we view it as like crazy, or we're like, that's in the therapy realm, which is weird, and that makes me uncomfortable. And so we go around doing everything for everyone else because we don't want to face what's inside. And like, I see that so, so much with women who come to like work with me is like their entire lives. And this is how I was too. This is how I got into my eating disorder was trying to be pretty for everyone else because I was never a small girl. I was raised on a farm. I was raised with all boys. I was very active. I've always been a beefier girl. Like I've always been a more muscular girl. And I remember being in school and because I was a beefier girl, I had a butt. That's also because of my mom. Thanks mom. And like boys would give me attention because of my figure. And so like TMI, but my mom was a single mom. So my dad was not in the picture. And so it was like anywhere that I could get male validation, even though it was from this like need to like feel like I was loved and cherished, I took it. Like I grabbed onto that and I was like, well, they like me. So like, even if it's because like I'm being objectified or whatever it is, like, but at least they like me, right? And it wasn't until I got into college It started with my mindset coach that I realized that I have lived my entire life for someone else, my entire life. Like I went to college because my like grandparents said I needed to, I went and I did exercise science because my parents thought that I needed to make more money than them. Like I went and I did everything for health and fitness, even at the beginning of my health and fitness journey. When I was a runner, it was so that I could be skinny, so that someone could like me. When it was CrossFit, it was because people thought that I could be really good. And so I started to go to a competitive level, even though I had no desire to be competitive now that I think about it. Like, I did not care to go to the games, but people told me I could go to the games. So I trained like I could go to the games. And it wasn't really until I started, like, looking inward that I realized I had not done anything I wanted to do for me ever. And I think that's why you like, I turned to eating disorder because I could control it. It was for me. Like it was the only thing that nobody had a say in, in my life. Like nobody could control what I ate. Nobody could say anything what I ate. And if they did, I could just be like, Oh, you don't get it. And I could be like, peace out. Like Mm -hmm. I could remove myself from that situation. So it was like my way of having control over my life because I felt like I didn't have any anywhere else. And it's not because people were controlling me is because I was handing my power over to them because I wanted their validation more than I wanted my own. And it wasn't until I turned inward and started having those conversations that I was able to shift. And it's not until then that I found that I can be 150 pounds and be totally okay with myself and totally love myself. Because like, if I had gone over 120 pounds two years ago, I would have freaked out. Like I would have had an actual aneurysm and I probably would have like died. Like my world would have come crashing down if I had seen the scale go over 120 pounds. But now I'm like, girl, I'm thriving. 
I get to eat food I like. I'm very healthy. I love my body. I love what I look like. If I were to gain 10 more pounds, I think I'd still be okay. Like I'm good. And it's because I'm okay with myself and I'm not worried about what everyone else thinks. Yeah. Thank you for being so vulnerable with all of that. Like that hit home <laughs> so hard. Um, the the fact of like fearing, like I remember I had a number in my head where I was like, I'm not allowed to get past this point. And then when I went to the doctor and um, fun doctor visits, you know, um, when you, uh. you literally step backwards so you don't see the scale and they literally yeah. tell you the number and you're like, I have an eating disorder. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah. anyways, it was like, and then of course my whole like brain starts wondering like, oh, what about BMI and the fact of like caring about BMI anymore? I'm just like, no, that's, that's not a thing. Like my thing is, is are you ovulating? Are you having good sleep mm -hmm. and are you recovering? That's all I care about. If those symptoms are, there's a long list of other things, but like, if those aren't okay, I don't care what your weight is. Yeah. Yeah. I literally have clients that we've thrown the scale away mm -hmm. because it's just too much. It's too much. Like I had one woman who came to me, she had thyroid dysfunction um, and she had been eating like 1500 calories her entire life. Let me tell you, this woman was like five, eight. She was a very tall woman eating less than like a two-year-old um, with thyroid dysfunction. And she was like, I cannot get rid of stomach fat. And I'm like, no wonder, like, have you had a period in years? No. Okay. Well, that's red flag numero uno. Um, and it's like, we do all these like crazy dieting things for the sake of looking a certain amount, like a certain way or weighing a certain amount, but we don't think of the long-term implications of that. Mm -hmm. And diet culture doesn't teach you the long-term implications of that, especially as a woman. I was listening to a podcast um, two days ago and it was one of the like industry leading um, health and fitness coaches. He started the very first like nutrition coaching business. Um, and they're predicting that one in two women once the research is done, one in two women are going to have met metabolic dysfunction. Now, not confirmed yet. That's just their expectation. That's what they're suspecting. But I'm like, just the amount of damage that we are willing to put our body through mm -hmm. for the sake of a number on the scale. Like, if you think about thyroid disorders, they're very, this is something that I need people to understand about sickness and diagnoses you can have the, it sitting in your gene pool. You can have it there, but it's your lifestyle that determines if it is expressed, right? Because um, in my family, there is now Parkinson's, there is diabetes, there is heart disease, there's obesity. If you can name a chronic illness, it is in my family. Um, because my family is very, very unhealthy. And I've watched that unfold my entire life. And so I'll go to doctors and they'll have those forms and they ask you if you have all of these things in your family. And I have to check them all off because I do. Um, and then they're like, oh, well, we might need to keep an eye on this. And they'll be like, do we need to take like preemptive measures with X amount of X amount of medication? And I'm like, no, no, I'm doing the right things. I'm living a healthy lifestyle. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I eat clean food. 
I mean, obviously from earlier in our conversation, you need to eat a little less processed food, apparently. Um, I exercise. I take care of my mental health. I'm doing all of the things to keep me safe. If I get it, I get it. That's a, like, that's mm-hmm. different ballgame. That's a different conversation. But when we get these conditions like thyroid dysfunction and all these chronic diseases and this metabolic like dysfunction as well, it's because of the way that we treat our bodies and people don't seem to understand that. She's like, well, I have a thyroid condition. Um, it's just something I have to live with. I'm like, no, that is not true. There's actually tons of nutritional like interventions that you can do to help reverse the side effect or like reverse thyroid dysfunction. Like it's completely possible. And it's 100% possible that you can lose weight with thyroid dysfunction. It requires a little bit more creativity. There are certain nutrient deficiencies that are very closely related to that. And if we can get those nutrients up, we can get yourself into a much better position, but you have to be willing to eat more than 1500 calories. And that was like, a big conversation and a big warring thing that we had back and forth. I'd be like, okay, we're going to up calories and there'd be a lot of resistance. And then we'd up calories again. And there'd be a, no, a totally different thing of resistance. Even though we saw inches go down, we didn't see a lot of weight loss, but she was eating over 500 calories more per day and having not gained a single pound. Like that's incredible with a thyroid dysfunction. That's incredible. And it's, Oh, it just makes me, so upset it just does because there's these influencers out there who are like look what I eat in a day and I do the macros on that stuff and I look at it and I see it and it's like 1500 calories I'm like it looks like a lot of food it looks like a lot of healthy food yeah but healthy food like that it's hard to eat that many calories like that you have to eat five to six meals a day to get adequate nutrient intake for an active female over 20 years old with that type of food. And these influencers are eating like three meals a day with like a peanut butter snack. And I'm like, that is not an adequate amount of calories, which is why you're so lean. But these girls are seeing them on Instagram and they're like, oh, I wanna look like that. I gotta eat like that. I'm like, no, we're continuing to do more damage to our bodies and we do all of this damage that is really, really hard to undo because we want a number on the scale. Mm-hmm. Like that's so messed up. And there are no warning labels anywhere. You can just slap an influencer on it and be like, eat this bar and it'll make you thin and people will buy it. Mm-hmm. But there's no warnings. <laughs> like it's not going to fix all your problems. Like right now with the Kiala greens, it's everything I see. I see an advertisement for Kiala greens every single day. And these influencers are like, here's what I had for breakfast. Here's my Kiala greens. I'm like, that's a 50 calorie scoop of green powder that your body is not even digesting, but okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. When, when did we just decide to like eat powders like that? That's not how we were made. It's, it's back to, it's a supplement, the protein. Oh, that protein powder. That protein shake. <laughs> Honestly, it's just like, when did we think it was okay just to eat powders? We are not just like some lab rat that can eat yeah. powder all day. The supplement, like literally the word supplement, it is supposed to supplement your diet. 
not be yes. your diet. So if your if your whole I, yeah. diet is full of like different supplements, back to like the packaged foods, it's like if it's just full of supplements, then it's like you're not giving your body what it needs. Your body knows how to handle those your nat those natural foods, and if you're at a healthy state, then it can handle a little bit more of those packaged processed foods. But if that's the only thing you're eating, and I think this is where the two extremes come in, where it's like it's either all packaged foods or it's like none at all orthorexic terrified for the longest time i was terrified to those perfect bars okay so like going through college and like tell i i was telling my health coach i was like i i i can't have a snack because the only snacker i can't go out here because like i that would mean i'd have to bring a snack with me and it's packaged and like packaged food is bad and it's ultra processed and i can't and she's like literally that's the reason for packaged food the reason for packaged food is so that you can go out and do those things and still fuel your body like um yes but if you're so terrified to go out and do things just because of the food then there's a bigger problem there yeah 100 i was the same way um my when my very first year of macro counting um which is how i got so lean it's like I said, it's really hard to eat an adequate amount of calories with the quote clean eating. Mm -hmm. um, I literally would not eat out at restaurants. I would not eat at my now in-laws house because I didn't know what was in the food. I didn't know where it came from. I didn't know if their corn came from a can. Like I convinced myself that canned and frozen foods were packaged and processed. And so they were bad. Um, I literally ate bland chicken i wouldn't even salt and pepper it because i didn't know i literally it was bad it was so bad my husband mm -hmm. makes fun of me for it to this day mm -hmm. i let him eat one of my meal preps once when we were dating and he literally was like dog i'm not eating that <laughs> and he makes fun <laughs> of me for it every single day um yeah i orthorexia is real and it is something that really needs to be talked about more often which is what a lot of these influencers I feel like are continuously pushing and maybe even they don't realize it themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but with the oats and the frozen berries for breakfast and the, I don't know, the, the, the salad with mango and fish for lunch and then their spinach salad and whatever for dinner. Mm -hmm. um, there is a fine line. There's a fine line between too many products and there's a fine line between not enough real food. Pro like you said, supplements are meant to supplement. I say no more than one to two products per day. That's what I tell my clients. I think this became really, really popular, especially in the health and fitness industry with the introduction of macro counting, which mm -hmm. I'm a macro coach. So that is a limitation that I can 100% speak to of the industry that I'm in. Um, the fact that if you meet the macros, that's all that matters at the end of the day, the macros are what matter. Right. And so you can fill that with bars and shakes and Kiala greens and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Because at the end of the day, your coach only looks at, did you meet your macros? That's it. That's what most macro coaches do. However, the micronutrients are just as important, but a lot of macro coaches don't look at them. And so they're like, good, great. You're doing awesome with these macros. I haven't seen you eat a vegetable in 17 years, but that's okay. We'll move on. But you met, you met your macros, so that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. When in reality, if there aren't the vitamins and minerals to support the digestion 
of said macronutrient, you're not getting what you can be getting out of the macronutrients. They're no longer serving you the way that you think that they are. That's when we're having to have prebiotics and probiotics because we're pounding protein shakes, but haven't had something green in seven weeks, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, which from someone who doesn't like produce, I'm not a produce gal. It's not my favorite. I don't like it, but I find creative ways to get it into my diet because I understand the importance of it. I also check my own micronutrients because I have the knowledge, but a lot of people don't have that knowledge. Even the gym girlies, even the influencers, like they think that just meeting their macros is good enough when in reality it's not. They're filling it with food products. They're filling it with not real food. They're not eating actual greens. They're drinking greens. When in reality, those things aren't being digested the way that you think that they are. I'm like so, so sorry to tell these girls that, but vegetables and fruits have coenzymes in them that help the human body break them down. That powder does not have that coenzyme in it. It does not. If you look at the label, it's missing nine times out of 10. There's a couple that I've seen that have an enzyme in them for digestion very few do. Um, so it's just, it's so just like warped these days to where we, we are finding value for our food in other places. And instead of just eating an actual piece, like a real, a real food, something that came from the earth or an animal, and we pack it into a perfect bar and we eat that instead. Not saying that perfect bars are bad at all. I love perfect bars. They're great. My husband has enough allergy. He doesn't like them. So we, you know, we compromise, but it's super convenient to have those things when maybe something's not going to plan that day, saving them for situations like that. Or I can concede that pre and post-workout nutrition is going to be more beneficial from a supplement standpoint. Like, because the absorption rates are higher. Like you have faster availability to digest and re-enter the anabolic state after consuming a protein shake versus working out and then eating a chicken breast. That chicken breast takes much longer to break down in your stomach. So there are places where they're appropriate and there are places where they can serve a really good purpose. But now we've warped them into our the majority of our diet. They're no longer supplements. They're our diet. tangent about products (laughs) it gets me it really gets me going yeah no i can see that and it's like it's it's going back and forth to where it's like it's all the greens it's the volume eating and it's or it's all the products it's just the macro counting and it's like in either situation all i was thinking while you were talking was how is your poop like literally are you pooping or are you all clogged up um and but no one the vegetable people yeah the vegetable people are running through and then the product people haven't gone in seven days. <laughs> yeah. And it's and and it's like taught like you're not taught these things. And then people then look to like short this is why I'm like obsessed with podcasts where I'm like, give me all the ins and outs, the information. I want every little bit in detail. Because I know for a fact that a five second reel or a five second TikTok isn't going to give you the ins and outs and answers. And then on top of it, I feel like then the like creators are like in this cycle stuck the ones that like truly care are like i can't please everyone because again it's who are you working with where are you come like who is looking at this and you're not going to please everyone 
Yeah, I think that comes down to the whole, <laughs> my methodology for content mm-hmm. creation is offend someone. Yeah. Like, make someone mad. Because, again, if you're appealing to everyone, you're attracting no one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if everyone agrees with what you say, you're not doing your job. Like, my job as a health and fitness coach is to be like, no, ma'am. We're not going to be drinking greens powders unless we're also eating fruits and vegetables. That's the only time it's appropriate. Like if you can't get in a fruit or vegetable in the morning with your breakfast, don't worry. It doesn't offend me. I also don't want to eat spinach in my eggs. It's not my cup of tea. So go ahead, have your green shake. But if you're only having a green shake and you haven't touched a vegetable in 17,000 days, no, like that's done. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's our responsibility as health and fitness coaches is to give people real truthful information, things that they can sustainably do. Like I cannot tell you the amount of times that I've been hit with an advertisement from some influencer or from some coach. I say that in quotation marks because anyone can become a coach now. Like it is so easy to pass a personal training exam. I didn't even study for mine. I had been out of college for two years. I just went and took it and I, passed with flying colors. Um, If you know basic knowledge about the human body, you're fine. You're going to be good. Um, But I'll get just this crazy information. And I'm like, and these people are like, OMG, didn't know that in the comments. I'm like, you didn't know that because that's not real. Like, that's not true. Like, but you just, you see someone say it one time, like this whole, you can't have coffee in the morning thing. Not true, my guy. Not true, Um, but someone made it up so that they could scare someone so that they could use that as a marketing tactic so that now they're going to get all of the super stressed women who are drinking coffee as soon as they wake up, come to them being like, give me, let me give you my money, fix my life. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's not the coffee in the morning. That's the issue. It's the fact that you can't manage your stress throughout the rest of the day. It's the fact that you're in fight or flight. 23 out of 24 hours. It's the fact that you don't sleep more than three hours a night. Those are the issues. But because someone said it's coffee in the morning, that's an easier fix than actually fixing your sleep. And so they're going to give that money to the person they think can fix their problems more quickly, even though it's a farce. It's not true. They've scared you into believing something so that they can get your money. But how do you determine which is which as a consumer Mm -hmm. for me and you we know about the human body I know if I hear something I can be like that's bullshit not gonna listen to that and I can go do my own research and find the information the true information and nine times out of ten a lot of the things that people say are true are not true like even knowledgeable health and fitness professionals all research should be taken with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. all of it because they Well, from populations they know will confirm their bias. It's confirmation bias. It's the most prominent thing in the book. It's like research 101. Yeah. But, and so like, as a consumer though, if I didn't know anything about the human body, I wouldn't know to ask questions about, can I have coffee in the morning? Does it really mess with my cortisol levels? No, your cortisol levels are fucked from you not sleeping, my guy. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the issue. It's not you having coffee in the morning. Um, but it's it's just so interesting. And I try to think of it from a consumer's point of view a lot because I have knowledge. 
that a lot of people don't have about the human body. And I'm not saying that I know everything. I know nothing. And I think the second that you think you know everything, you're donezo. Mm-hmm. Um, that you just need to quit and move on to something else. <laughs> yeah, like, the, I, think, I think the only true failure in this world is thinking that you know everything and being unwilling to compromise on that. Um, but yeah, I'm like, if I... Like my mom sends me questions all the time. She'll send me articles of like stuff from Better Health or US Weekly or whatever. And she's like, is this true? I'm like, no, mom, that's not true. Like, (laughs) no, (laughs) that's not real. Like, she's like, they said aspartame is good. I'm like, yeah. And the people who did that (laughs) research, the people who did that research were hired mm-hmm. by Coca-Cola. Of course, they're going to say aspartame is good for you. They want mm-hmm. you drinking their Diet Cokes, which I love Diet Coke. Don't get me wrong. But I also know that that's not something that needs to be an everyday staple in my diet. And so it's just, it's so interesting. And I have to keep that perspective, but that's our job as health and fitness coaches. And I think a lot of people get away from that because again, it's that push to create, that push to catch someone's attention when that's not the point, the point isn't to catch someone's attention, which I guess it is if you want to land clients, which I do, but not at the expense of my integrity. Again, your actions aligning with your values. I value eating real food and honoring when you want something else. Great. That's applause right there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, like- mic drop right there. Um Oh, man, I really could talk to you for forever, but we're going to need to wrap this up, obviously, because it's That's been okay. going on for so we long. We can do another one. Yeah, I was about to say, we need to have a next one where it's like rants with Haley. I feel like it would be, yeah. I go on rants a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, the amount of times I have to stop myself from talking on Instagram stories. I'm just like, Rebecca, you got to make this short and sweet. Like, let's go. You can't do a whole podcast about it. Um, I'm the same way I do want to ask you one last question and it will be short and sweet what would you tell your younger self Mm. I would tell my younger self that it's your responsibility to create the life that you want it's no one else's and no one else can save you if you want something, it's up to you to create it. Love that. Where can people find you? On the gram mm-hmm. at strong.as.hale. Um, yeah, you can find me there. Yeah, you want to plug anything else? How can people work with you? Um, they can go to my Instagram. There's a link in my bio that says uh, apply for coaching. All that we do is we just hop on a call we talk about your goals. It's not a sales call. I don't want people to think that it's literally, we hop on a call. We talk about your goals. Can I help you is the very first question that I have. Um, and that I have to get answered. Um, we're not, I'm not, I'm not for everyone, which is okay. I'm not for everyone. Um, but if your goals are something that I can legitimately and effectively help you with, then we can work together. Um, But we hop on that call, we talk about your goals, and I try to give everyone at least one tangible piece of advice that they can walk away from with every call. Um, But yeah, that's it. Super simple. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. I really enjoyed having you. Yes, thank you. This was so fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it.